Hi, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators. You can find more resources at my website, narctroopers.com, where you can find podcasts, video vlogs, and even articles and information about client sessions and other uh, helpful things to help you on your recovery journey from narcissistic abuse. Today's topic is the broken brain, no emotional memory, no ability to love. The person with NPD has a damaged brain that prevents them from being a real human, for lack of other ways to say it. So, There are empty circles in certain regions of the brain that normal neurotypical people have filled in. And this happens in all different parts of the brain or affected um, in the narcissist or anyone with a cluster B disorder, a person with antisocial personality disorder, formerly known as a sociopath or a psychopath. All three of these who are grouped in cluster B uh, suffer from this type of brain dysregulation and abnormalities where there's actually um, missing components that are supposed to be there. In the mesotemporal lobes, the uh, this is where emotional memory is stored. And people who suffer from these cluster B personality disorders um, and I'm speaking mainly narcissism, sociopathy, and psychopathy, um, they, um, they have brains that just don't work. Their prefrontal cortex is damaged, which causes them to have trouble with emotional regulation and impulsivity. And they're also lacking gray matter in their interior insula, which is responsible for their lack of empathy. You know, they have these irregularities in their uh, hippocampus and limbic system too. And they often have neurochemical imbalances in their brain, which is, you know, cortisol and dopamine and serotonin and all of that. So there are many, many things in the brain of a narcissist that are not working correctly. Um, So... And let me speak to something about the the each one of those really quickly. The uh, emotional memory issue, you know, the narcissist does not have continuous memory. They don't have object constancy, whole object relations. And these are all things that you need to research and know about because for the narcissist, out of sight, out of mind, they don't remember. They're, they're, it has been... Um, estimated that a narcissist only remembers maybe 10% of the past and the rest of it is gone and they rewrite it and reinvent it. It's called revisionist history where they just make it up and uh, uh, have a completely different uh, narrative about what actually happened in reality. It's far, far from it. And so that's one of the problems that 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 you have with a narcissist and you're trying to reason with them and treat them as if they were a normal person, they're not. 
because they do not have that uh, memory ability to, to um, especially when it comes to uh, the intimacy things like regular neurotypical people have, you remember um, things very graphically, you know, maybe how they smelled or how they touched you or things like that. That is lost to the narcissist. That is uh, not something that they can hold in their brain. It's not stored in their memory. And their memory is so twisted and convoluted that it doesn't uh, represent reality at all. And this is where you have that reality disconnect. That's exactly what it is. They're, they're not rooted in reality. They don't live in reality. They live in, in a fantasy, imaginary, magical thinking, delusional uh, world. And so I wanted to say that about the memory, and that's caused by uh, the brain trouble and also emotional regulation and impulsivity. Uh, they don't think before they act about the consequences long term. Um, they just act because it's all immediate in the moment um, gratification, immediate gratification um, is, is how they um, are designed to work. And that's a brain issue um, as well with the prefrontal cortex. Um, and then finally, what I said about the gray matter and the lack of empathy, they may have cognitive empathy where they understand that people are supposed to act sad uh, at a funeral, for example, and they may even cry and manifest some outward uh, exhibition of that emotion, but the actual emotion is, is not there of being able to feel other people's pain. They don't get that. The, the emotional empathy component is not available to the narcissist, sociopath, or psychopath. Uh, it simply is um, something they don't know what it is. They've never experienced that. They can't put themselves in your shoes. When they discard you, they don't understand why you can't just um, move on like they can. Like just start dating tomorrow, today. Call someone up today and have a hookup and you'll feel better. And um, they don't understand that you are devastated, that you're destroyed, you're, you're emotionally uh, shattered. They don't get that. They don't know what that feels like because they're never that deeply invested. They're never that intimate with another person. And so they don't know what that is. Um, so um, I want to focus now about something Alan Taylor said, who's an expert on cluster B disorders. And he writes a lot on Quora, which is a good place to get um, validation, information, support, uh, insight, all of that. Uh, he says they are impaired in their ability to remember what previous experiences felt like. This is why they have trouble um, learning from their mistakes. And it's also why each and every time they fall in love, they think that they have found the one who will save them. And they haven't, of course, but they just can't remember being so in love before any time in their life. Uh, so they tend to act on that feeling and their maladaptive relationship pattern 
continues. The advantage this weakness in emotional memory gives them is that they can get over emotional pain quickly and easily, certainly much faster and easier than a neurotypical person can. Like all of us, they project. They assume that their victims can and do get over emotional pain as quickly and as easily as they do. So they act like nothing happened. They assume that you just got over it too, whatever it was, just like they did. They cannot grasp the idea that emotional injury can have long-lasting or permanent effects on a neurotypical person. They assume that like them, you can get over anything immediately. To them, nothing happened. And that's because they struggle to recall what it felt like. They may have memory where they remember events, like where they went and what they did and what they saw, but they do not have that emotional memory. It just doesn't work in their brains. Recent studies have found that patients with NPD have less brain matter in areas overlapping with the areas associated with emotional empathy. Um, This includes, this is even more parts of the brain, the rostral and median um, cingulate cortex, the left anterior insula, and the dorsolateral and medial parts of the prefrontal cortex. So it is science. And it is now documented. This isn't just a, a, a bunch of crazy ramblings and made up stuff. This is, um, you know, you can see it on MRIs and CAT scans and things like that. Another study was conducted at the University of Chicago Medicine um, uh, Department. Psychiatrist and personality disorder specialist Royce Lee Uh, concluded that narcissistic personality disorder is marked by increased oxidative stress in the blood and is also connected to interpersonal hypersensitivity. Well, if we've lived with a narcissist for more than a couple of years, or maybe even months, we know this. The study that is called Narcissistic and Borderline Personality Disorder Relationship with Oxidative Stress that was published in the Journal of Personality Disorders found that elevated concentrations of the molecule called 8-OHDG, an oxidative stress biomarker, were similar in people with NPD and borderline personality disorder. And that's another cluster B disorder that sometimes doesn't overlap and have so many similarities as the three that I focus on. And my area of expertise is not with borderline. I can't really speak to that, but there are some commonalities. Now, this is a lot of scientific stuff and some of you are thinking boring, but you know, this is to legitimize the idea that the narcissist's brain is broken and they are sick individuals. They are mentally ill. They are impaired. They are incapable and, and, Being able to accept that is huge, guys. That is huge. Once you can wrap your mind around what is going on in their mind and how sick they are, then you stop blaming yourself and you stop longing for this relationship with a mentally ill person who's incapable of ever being okay. 
So this is an, uh, a, a much needed part of your recovery to understand the brain science of the narcissist. So I think NPD still is kind of a stigmatized, mysterious, misunderstood condition. A lot of people don't get what it is. They have a lot of misinformation and disinformation about what it means to have NPD or what a narcissist is. It's just a very pop trendy culture kind of term that's thrown around pretty recklessly, which is not good because this is a serious mental illness that is becoming more and more pervasive in our society. There are more and more people who have this and to uh, casually throw the term around and call everybody a narcissist is very um, not okay. We, we can't do that because it takes away from the um, gravity of the situation, the seriousness of the actual illness. You know, clinicians aren't even sure what to do with it. In the science community, there's been this renewed interest in trying to rehabilitate people who have NPD. And I think that's what's behind a lot of these studies. They're like, well, there's gotta be a cure for everything. There's gotta be a prescription we can give them or some kind of treatment or, something like that. But until there is a definitive treatment, NPD remains a hopeless diagnosis with little or no chance of successful treatment or resolution. You know, they may modify their behavior and develop a cognitive awareness of what they are and how it operates, but fundamental change, you know, at the core of what they are, this remain, remains out of reach. They, they can't do it. Pathological narcissism is a psychological disorder that involves an excessively positive focus on the self in combination with extremely low regard for others, including difficulty with empathy, especially, like I said, the emotional empathy or any related tasks such as imaginatively engaging with others' viewpoints or feeling compassion for someone else's suffering they can't. It's an impairment that prevents them from leading healthy lives. And that's when it becomes pathological malignant narcissism, NPD. It is correct. Everybody has a little bit of narcissism. I'm a narcissist. You're a narcissist. We, we all have narcissistic traits and qualities. But when it becomes so maladaptive that the impairment prevents them from leading healthy lives, and it causes them to lose touch with reality and become delusional, psychotic, even uh, schizoid. They have proven this, that there are schizoid components to narcissism and that it's sort of like multiple personality disorder in a lot of ways that they disassociate from reality. From, they do something called splitting um, and that it is a serious mental health illness. So we have to distinguish between the two, um, you know, uh, and because it is a serious thing that, that there's just so much misunderstanding about that. Um, you know, they, they do harm to themselves and they do harm to other people. And when that starts happening and you have that malignant uh, thing going on, that's what um, 
that's where we are with the person with NPD. There are massive gaps between how the narcissist perceives himself and the reality of the world and how the world perceives them. He or she is crucially dependent on other people outside themselves while they feel a tremendous envy and contempt because other people have something they want or do better or are better. The only predictable feature of the person with NPD is their unpredictability. They are unstable and they're always going to be unstable. This instability is the one primary characteristic of NPD. Always. That's what it is. They are never really present and invested in what they're doing at the moment or who they are with. They are more of a spectator in their own life. It's like a movie or a game. It's like a TV show. It's, it's fiction. It's like a book or um, a virtual game or some kind of other game. I've even heard my ex-husband say uh, that, something that it was kind of like that to him and that he kind of had that uh, perspective about life, that it was all just, a, everything's just a game and the people in it are just pawns just to be used to achieve certain things and to win at this game to, at all cost. Um, it's something that a normal person can't understand. It's incomprehensible. The inner critic of the narcissist is harsh and unforgiving, and they are dissociative, disconnected from reality. And it's a constant state of, of psychosis, in a way, and delusion, where they never, ever really are grounded and anchored and rooted in reality. They're just not. Long-term memory, the past, memories of the past, emotional memory and all of that are non-existent. They're only capable of short-term immediate interest and gratification. Everything else that they're doing is just a facade. They're mirroring. They are shape-shifting to get what they want. The narcissist's life is like a painting. It's only this two-dimensional thing that lacks depth, maybe one-dimensional. They lack this object constancy, so... They can seem to love something in their life only in a short spurt or something, and they're capable of flipping the script to show zero emotion in an instant. Have you noticed that? That they can go from being so sweet and kind and attentive and loving and helpful and generous and all of that, like in, in five minutes later, they hate you. They want out. They don't want you to look at them, touch them, talk to them. They want you to just get away, go away and die, go away and just disappear. They want to put you on mute and, and, and erase you and annihilate you and just get you to just not exist anymore. They, they don't want to be there. How can anybody flip the script that quickly and go to such extremes of love and hate in minutes? But the narcissist can. There is no commitment in the narcissist's life since there are no authentic emotions. Let's really sink that in. There's no, no, let that sink in. <laughs> Let's let it sink in. There are no authentic emotions. Red in tooth and claw is a reference to the sometimes violent natural world in which predatory animals unsentimentally 
cover their teeth and claws with the blood of their prey as they kill and devour them. The narcissist is such an animal, predatory in word and deed, red in tooth and claw. Let's get that image in our minds and keep it there in regards to the narcissist in our lives because it's an important one. Just like it's an important image to picture them as a mentally ill, sick person with a brain that does not work and cannot work, and to also picture them as a predator with tooth and nail covered in blood, your blood. Douglas Frederick, a disorder expert, writes, Narcissists used underground, subconscious, covert, psychological warfare on people. This is why they get away with murder, sometimes literally, gaslighting and blame shifting or reverse psychology. You approach them to talk about something they did and they turn it around on you to make them look like the victim. You know, then you are convinced they are right. So he says, look, narcissists are your enemy. They are your enemy. The, the, the game that they play is underground, subconscious manipulation against you to use you as their medication for their disorder. You are their medication. And they get that by abusing you. And the whole time you thought you were their love of their life, their family member, their friend, their husband, wife, son, daughter, or whatever. No, you are not those things to them. Not in the way you would think. The narcissist's life is a production. For sometimes types of narcissists like the covert, it is a technicolor musical extravaganza like La La Land. For the overt, it's more like the motion picture Godfather or something like that. And for the somatic narcissist, it's more like Debbie Does Dallas or Deep Throat or, you know, one of those triple X rated movies. Um, Pornography. Any way you slice it up and you look inside, it is a theatrical production with costumes and makeup and supporting actors and elaborate and ever-changing sets. They do move around because they burn one place to the ground and everybody around them knows it. They have to move. So you're going to see narcissists completely relocate to a new place where they can become a completely different person with a completely different set of actors surrounding them. None of it is real. It is nothing more than a movie set like the building facades that you see on Universal Studios tours. It looks real, and but when you look at it from the back or you open the door, there's nothing but empty space, vacant fields, you know, warehouses, desolation, nothing. So dance with danger, if you will. Peek down that rabbit hole with foolish confidence that you are too strong to fall in, too strong to get lost. And, you know... You're never going to find your way out, maybe. I mean, that that's possible. It's so dark in there. It's so crazy in there. 
there are people who never come back. And I just want to warn you, not everybody gets over it and gets healed and goes on and lives happily ever after, after the narcissist is out of their life. It is such a dangerous and deadly thing. Some people don't survive. You need to register that in your mind, how dangerous it is. You know, um, you may think that you're a confident healer and you may feel a compulsion to capture them, fix them and keep them, but they believe their imaginary world is real. And if you stay too long, you're going to believe it too. That's what's called the shared fantasy or the mutual psychosis that happens when you fall into that rabbit hole with the narcissist. You're never going to be able to help them or change them. And you're as delusional as they are if you think that you can, if you think you can win, if you think you can love them back to wholeness. They are hollow and empty. They have no core identity. Their brains are broken, damaged. You are romancing a vampire zombie with a lot of great costuming. Underneath all that, you will find something so shriveled and damaged that it cannot even be considered human. They may be breathing and their heart may be beating and they may feel warm to the touch with a strong and vibrant pulse, but do not be deceived. It is only a shell, a beautiful container, an empty vase. It is okay to pity them, but we have to accept them for what they are and accept all that they will never be. It's okay to, to hurt for them. We can feel empathy. We can feel compassion. It can break our hearts to look at them and see what has happened to them and how they are. But that's where it needs to end. We have to accept their limitations. We have to accept what they are. Yes, it's tragic. Trauma is always tragic, but you know, you cannot let them take your soul because they have one, they, they have none because they want it for themselves. In the end, they will leave you in an instant. They're going to do that. It's never going to be a happily ever after. It's never going to be a forever. It could last for years. It could go on even for a few decades, but in the end, they're going to leave like like it was nothing, like all those years of your life, you were living in a fantasy with them, like it was nothing. In the end, you will lose everything, and you're going to lose everyone along the way. You're going to lose everything, everyone, including yourself. So be careful out there, troopers. We have to accept the truth, even if it hurts, even if it's horrible. Even if it's unacceptable, we have to accept it anyway, right? Because the truth will set us free. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. 
You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great. Filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com.